0: everyone. My name's Mike
1: Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another episode of Make Ours Marvel. This is episode 39 of the show. And this episode, we are launching into November 1963. And mm-hmm. it feels kind of cool to be nearing the end of 1963. But at the same time, we still have like three episodes to get through November and two more to get through December. So it's going to be a little while before we get to the actual end.
0: And then I imagine 1964 will add more books.
1: 1964 will add more. Some of our bimonthlies will become monthly and we will in fact get more books.
0: Yeah. So, so, so we've enjoyed these first couple years of nothing because pretty soon we're never going to get
1: through a month. <laughs> well, this is actually, you know, this is the f- end. We keep on marking the end of a year since. So, um, December is when Spider-Man and Iron Man launched. Oh, wow, really? So, this is the end of the first year of Spider-Man and Iron Man. Wow, we're farther along than I thought then. I
0: don't know. That's interesting. Okay. So, then we are in November 5th, 1963 today, or this recording, and it's my job to summarize Sergeant Fury yet again.
1: Yeah, I was listening to our episode that dropped today, which was episode 29, and And you were summarizing Sergeant Fury 3.
0: (laughs) I think, I feel like I've done them all, but I always say that and it's never true. But I've done a lot of them.
1: I feel like I did The Death of Jane. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, you probably did. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of, we'll get to that in a second. But first, let me say it's called At the Mercy of Baron Strucker. Who's that? Oh, Um, my gosh. Written by Stanley, of course. Pencils by Jack Kirby, of course. Ink by George Russo, and letters by Sam Rosen. But yeah, speaking of last issue's plot, this sort of carries over from that because we've had the death of a of a, a junior, whatever the heck his name was. Um, and so this issue opens up with Nick Fury being super mad about that and blaming it on him because, as all good leaders do, they blame all their problems on themselves but he takes it out on his crew because his idea is that he just didn't train them hard enough so he trains them really hard for the next few pages of this issue and makes like uh you know dum-dum climb this big rock and he like has these guys in like pits and he's running them running the holes over with tanks and stuff it's crazy basically he's just kind of even more Nick Fury than he usually is and they're all kind of scared of him even more than they usually are um meanwhile we cut to Germany and we open with this new character that we've never heard of before named Baron Strucker, who's like this bald dude with a monocle and what looks like a robotic left arm, and we can get into that later. But uh, he's like all evil bad guys. He's like fighting his uh, men. He likes to show off his amazing skills. So he's having a a sword fight with a guy that he beats up, and then like this officer comes in and tells him that he has a new mission, and his mission is – to defeat the American Nick Fury, which he doesn't really like because he thinks that's beneath him. He's like this aristocrat and, you know, he's awesome and he's better than just beating up some stupid guy from, you know, New York or whatever. Some some dude from the city. But anyway, he'll do it. So, let's see. He flies over to their camp and they try and gun him down and it doesn't work. And he basically just tosses this canister out of a plane and it bonks um, like – Izzy or something on the head. And uh, it's a message that says, meet me at such and such a place so I can beat you up. Signed Baron Strucker. And Nick Fury sees that and gets super hot-headed about it. And he really, really wants to go over there and meet this stupid German who thinks he can, like, you know, threaten Nick Fury and beat him in a fistfight. No freaking way. Um, and he goes to his Captain Sawyer, Happy Sawyer, to uh, ask permission to go. And, of course, permission denied because that's ridiculous in every way, shape, and form. You're here to fight an army, not just your own personal battles, and I need you for such and such a mission. So Nick's like, ah, shucks. Um, He has dinner with his new girl. I can't remember her name now, like Princess Pamela. Hot. Or, Pamela Hot or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Holly. <laughs> Holly, right, right. Pamela Holly. Um, doesn't she have a title? She's English, right? Yeah. She might be like lady or something. Ah, lady. I think it's lady. Um, Anyway, he has dinner with her, and she kind of – Puts him through the, you need to be more respectable paces. And she prevents him from fighting this guy. And she also tells him, don't try anything funny with this Baron Strucker. And he's the whole time sitting there going, yeah, yeah, darling. Of course, I love you. But he's also thinking, hey, I know a guy who has a PT boat and owes me a favor. So he sneaks away, jumps on this boat, goes to where Baron Strucker instructed them to meet. And immediately is captured because, of course, they're all sitting there with a big, like, German army waiting for him. Um But luckily, Baron Strucker wants a quote-unquote fair fight. He toasts Nick Fury. They both drink a glass and then they get into a sword fight and uh, Nick Fury loses. He holds his own for a little while, but eventually kind of feels like tired and dizzy and uh, gets beat up and they take pictures and they throw him back on a plane and they parachute him back to his, you know, drop him off at his place and just ditch him. Defeated. Um, the Howling Commandos find him and uh, Captain Sawyer is furious because basically because of those pictures and stuff, uh, Nick Fury has now handed the, uh, the German like a really cool propaganda victory. So he's embarrassed and he demotes Sergeant Fury to Private Fury and sends them on that mission they were talking about. So the mission is to take on a, or destroy a missile base. They do that because they're the Howling Commandos. Dum Dum is in charge now, but he does seem to rely on uh, Nick a little bit advice-wise and uh, energy-wise to help him get through it, even though he's a lowly private now. Um, and while they're there, and they destroy the missile, they decide, hey, there's also a like an army base right there. Why don't we just go and invade that too and capture whoever's in there? So they go in, and lo and behold, it's Baron Strucker and his people. And Nick is like furious and wants a second, you know, second round, a second chance. And he uh, he gets one. Baron Strucker says, sure, let's do it again. But first, as always, gentlemen, a toast. And Nick's about to drink again, but um, 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 Dean Martin – I can't remember his real name. Dino. D- Dino. Dino. Yep. Yeah. Dino tells him, uh, Nick, you know that's just a trick, right? I mean, I used to do that in the movies. I've played a lot of like uh, sword fights or whatever in the movies. That's like one of the plots is that the bad guy spikes the drink and makes the hero drink it before they fight. And now, of course, Nick realizes what happened the first round. He was, he was drugged and that's why he got – You know, beat up. So now he's furious. And in like three panels, he totally destroys Baron Strucker with just his bare knuckles, punches him through a wall. Dum Dum takes pictures. Um, They win back the uh, propaganda victory. And then uh, Captain Sawyer is confronted by a general who's like, wow, it's really good that uh, you have this. The Sergeant Nick Fury in your troop, huh? You must be really proud. And that freaks out the captain, so he goes to find Nick and promotes him quickly back to Sergeant before anybody finds out that he demoted him. The end. The end. Yay. So, so our, our, our second Marvel character, besides the Howling Commandos, in the Howling Commandos, Reed Richards, now Baron Strucker.
1: Yes. Which, you know, Reed Richards helped to unite this book as part of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was just a random war book. I mean, honestly, this could have been a random war comic forever. But Baron Strucker being introduced here gives uh, something for the later S.H.I.E.L.D. writers to bring uh-huh. in. Yeah, so I think bringing – I have not read – where they reveal that Baron Strucker is like, you know, Had Hydra, whatever it is that they do in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series. But I feel like it's kind of a stroke of genius to bring him forward like that.
0: Yeah, I haven't read any of that uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series. So someday when we get to it, it'll be interesting.
1: Now, you mentioned in a recent episode how you feel like Baron Strucker is a Captain America villain.
0: Well, just from my own personal point of view, I think of him him as a Cap villain. Because again, I haven't read Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so what are, I, what are some significant stories you've read about Strucker? So I don't know. He's just always the head of Hydra. Um, I can't really even think of like anything in particular that mm-hmm. I care about. Didn't he have like at some point he had like a crazy like a demon claw hand or something like that, or like a robot gauntlet he would wear as his power? And I don't know. He's like kind of not. He's not not really high up there in terms of you know like Red Skull or. Uh, uh, you know, Baron Zemo or Baron Zemo jr. Or something like that. But he's like that. One of those like Nazis that cap has dealt with in both the past and the present. Right. So I just associate him that way with cap. But of course he debuted as a Nick Fury villain. And of course is a Nick Fury villain when Nick Fury has
1: a book. I actually mostly know him from being like the father of the Fenris twins. You know, okay. Adrian, and Adri Andrea and Andreas. Uh, Strucker they're they're X-Men antagonists and um I think I remember there was like some random crossover with the annuals from one of the early 90s mm. that he shows up in as like the shadowy re- villain who gets a big reveal but I mean other than that he's just in my head is this fixture of the head of Hydra mm-hmm. and if if Nicholas Fury has a nemesis it's Baron Strucker
0: yeah for sure
1: But I didn't know that he had his start in the Sergeant Fury comic until recently. Like I didn't know he went that far back out. That it was, you know, a S.H.I.E.L.D. thing.
0: Yeah, I think I want to say that I know that Cap has at least flashback to Baron Strucker War stuff. But since I can't think of a specific story, maybe I'm just making that up in my head. I don't know.
1: So getting into the actual story, um, you know, at some point in the future, the credits are going to start getting kind of creative. This... Is not yet that time, except that this book kind of does a little bit. Uh, written by ex-Sergeant Stan Lee, U.S. Army, and illustrated by ex-infantryman Jack Kirby, U.S. Army.
0: Yeah, I noted that. I wasn't sure if they were trying to be clever or if they were trying to give themselves some credit. Um, not credit. What's the word I'm looking for? Credentials? Like legitimacy or something. Yeah, Like, like uh, you know, we know what we're talking about when we write these stories because we were there kind of thing.
1: We were there. Um, but yeah, I feel bad. I mean, Sergeant Fury, like you said, he's taking out his grief on the men mm-hmm. and poor men. Not only are they sad from losing Junior, they're also having to suffer through all of the all of the really terrible training.
0: Mm-hmm. But a little bit of continuity is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First time this book's had any of that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, huh? Um, Fury calls Dugan Walrus on page two. Ah, that's the first time? Probably, but- huh? I think so. It's definitely the first time I've noticed it. And I've known that he calls him walrus all this time. It never occurred to me until this read that he calls him walrus because of his stupid mustache hanging down on the sides like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he looks like a walrus.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this just like, ah, uh. And um, there's some unexpected foreshadowing there because he says, Fury, if you ever lose those three stripes, I'll make you eat those words. Oh,
0: but that he doesn't.
1: No, he doesn't. He doesn't. I forgot thinks-
0: to kind of mention that in my synopsis. We can get to that later. But yeah, that was kind of an interesting
1: part. Um, but yeah, there's 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 training, and we get to Strucker, who you said it. He's kind of looks like he has a robot arm.
0: Uh huh. I guess that's just armor. I don't know. Yeah, because he doesn't lay in a later panel.
1: Right, I think it's like padding. Some combination of padding and armor because. It's on the side to protect him from the sword of the other guy's hand.
0: Right, it's on the uh, his non-sword hand, I guess. Right. And the other the other guy's wearing one too, so it just looks weird. I guess I don't know. It looks like it looks like Cyclops or Colossus to me.
1: It does a bit. I've mm. never done any fencing, so I don't know how that works.
0: Me neither, and I'm not sure this is even fencing because those swords look like uh, too too big. I don't know. Don't know anything about sword fighting.
1: So you know how a lot of the really biggest villains are sort of like the hero, but in opposites in some ways? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with Strucker. Like he is set up as Fury's opposite. He okay. is the elitist nobleman, and Fury is very much an everyman. Mm-hmm. And um in a later issue, he is gonna get like his own squad of people.
0: Yeah. And he to- gets the job done just like Nick does, and Right. Yeah. They've got special missions.
1: So I do feel like they're definitely trying to do something significant with this Baron Strucker character.
0: And they think of him as an Aryan Superman. So I guess like Nick, he's probably a good fighter.
1: Well, he has good hair. I'll get that for him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Does he have – he does have a – is that a scar on his head on purpose or is that just lines all over his face for no reason? He looks Um, like he has a scar.
1: Yeah, I feel like he has a scar. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, one of the things I have in my head about Baron Strucker is his face looks cracked. And this one doesn't so much. But um, I don't know if that's like a a thing that develops between now and the 19, you know, the the S.H.I.E.L.D. series or what. But whenever I think of Baron Strucker, and maybe it's just like scars or whatever. But I feel like it almost looks like his face is a cracked mirror.
0: And both he and Nick have one bum eye. (gasps) Although not right now. But we know that someday Nick will oh, have right. a patch, and right now Baron has a monocle, which I assume means like only one eye needs glasses. Could That's be. how that works. I'm not sure what a monocle's for. I I just it has to be for that, right? Like one I eye works and just, one doesn't.
1: If you if you're born in England, they just hand you one.
0: Oh well, that could be too. Yeah, or it's for reading. But he seems to just sport it all the time. So,
1: um, page nine. Whenever Sergeant Fury's reading that letter. Mm -hmm. that goose stepping gargoyle better not start reading the continued stories because when I get my mitts on him, I'll splatter him right in the Fuhrer's face. i I was thinking, I guess it's good that Marvel doesn't have a lot of continued stories yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think of, uh, Nick, like caring about this? I don't know. I don't
1: know. I feel like captain happy. Sam has a bit of a point. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he says in pay, uh, page 10, tell me, Nick, are you bucking for a Section 8 or something? This man's war isn't a private fight. Now forget Baron Strucker and get back to your duties. Mm-hmm. I was like, you can't go off half-cocked every time a Nazi says neener, neener, neener.
0: Right? What would you think? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I thought. I thought Sam's point was pretty much spot on. But that at the same time, I don't know. That is kind of how this book is, is all these guys just – Go off half cocked to all over the world and somehow survive these missions that are unsurvivable. So maybe that's just who they are.
1: They wouldn't be commandos any other way. Yeah. Is it weird that Fury can just like walk to Strucker's camp? Like they're just in the next neighborhood over or something?
0: He took a boat, but it doesn't really show it. He said he has a friend, he has a captain of a PT boat who owes me a favor. And then later that night, but still late, late, later that night. So he went for, Oh, were they already in Europe? Maybe. I don't know. That's the other thing about this book is either I'm just lazy or they don't spell out exactly where they are all the time.
1: They're in England.
0: Okay. So they went from England to maybe they're meeting in England. I don't remember.
1: Well, actually, you know, I'm reading the caption out. It says that he wades ashore in the isolated Isle of Norsehaven.
0: So what the heck does that mean? I'm, I'm from the United States. I don't know where Norsehaven is, I guess.
1: I don't either. I'm guessing it's a northern haven, like northern the northern ocean shore of Germany. I'm not sure.
0: So is that something you could do like later that night?
1: Yeah, because I mean – okay, so England is across the English Channel from France uh-huh. and Germany is right next to France. Okay. So if you just go – if you just fly east a little bit, then okay. you'll get to Germany from uh, the German shores of the French shore.
0: Well, that makes sense. See, I, you know, I like. Not only do I live in the U.S., I live in California, so it takes us days to get anywhere.
1: I say that I am talking a little bit out of my butt here, and I've learned not to do that, especially with Norse mythology. So I am <laughs> going to get a, a German map up here just to make sure. Uh. But um, while I'm doing that, we have yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big old strip of uh, strip of coastline.
0: Okay. Okay. This this book is okay again. I was yeah, about to okay. not like it. But anyway. Whew. Yeah.
1: Um. Page 13. All right. I was a little bit disappointed. And okay. In
0: what like
1: way? That, well, well, he cheats. Yes. He, 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 he cheats on the first try. He doesn't even try to beat Nick and fail. He's just like, okay, you know what? He's all talk. He's all bluster. And it comes right down to it. He's like, okay, drug him because I really need to win this.
0: Well, he's a bad guy, and I don't think we're at the stage in Marvel's development where they're comfortable with making bad guys that aren't weasels, I guess. I guess. Because even, like, I'm trying to think of all the bad guys we've had. Like, even Doom and Magneto and stuff have cheated, haven't they? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't remember either. I mean, Doom has, because he, like, tricked Namor into, like, working for him and stuff like that. And uh,
1: Oh, yeah, he just used him.
0: And then I can't remember if Magneto did anything weasel yet. But he will.
1: He hasn't done a whole lot yet. We've only seen no. it once. But yeah,
0: considering this guy is supposed to be like, you know, this awesome Nick Fury version of Germany and, and like Nick Fury, by his own admission, Nick Fury is like this lowly mission that is, is like not worth his time. Then why does he have to feel the need to cheat?
1: Right. And but um,
0: did you look up Heidel, Heidelberg rules? Because no. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know if that was real, but I did see, find a website called the University. T. Heidelberg, and it's German. Okay. And it, the English version of, like, the rules and guidelines of Heidelberg University is all about, like, fair play and openness, and I don't know if that's the same one. It seemed, like, spot on for what he's talking about. Um, yeah. And for all I know, this, this university's been around, you know, for four billion years because it's in Germany, so.
1: Yeah, maybe it's, like, how Hoyle wrote the book on card game rules and how you play according to Hoyle. Yeah. And Heidelberg must be, like... The ancient German school of fencing with half of a, ha, only half of an armor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Speaking of the fencing, though, they're there's sword fighting, right? Yeah. And in the dialogue, Stanley says, "These are hard plywood swords, Fury. The purpose is to disarm rather than kill your opponent."
0: Uh huh. And
1: I'm thinking, no, it's not. No. I bet you that Fury is really trying to you know take him down or something. Um, the idea that the swords are just plywood, that you're going to hit your guy hard enough to knock him down with plywood swords. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, Nick can probably kill you with his bare hands. He can certainly kill you with plywood. True. Um, and also I think might it doesn't look like plywood. It looks like legit swords to me. So I think that's again, one of these things where the artist does not necessarily agree with the dialogue, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess Nick knows how to use a sword to some extent. Or he just is really good at fighting at anything with anything
1: until he loses consciousness.
0: Mm. Yeah, he's not great at fighting drugged. That's his one weakness.
1: Yeah, my it's it's my weakness too, though. To be real, true, I, I'm not good at fighting drugged.
0: Or just even like one beer, I, I, <laughs> I'd I'd lay down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, I, turning, uh, turning Fury's unconsciousness into a propaganda victory was pretty diabolical. I was actually – even though it took cheating to get there and I wasn't pleased with that, I was kind of impressed with what he did with it.
0: Yeah, and I like uh, World War II propaganda anyway. So I like that that's like a – I mean I don't know how – I know it was real because you can see it. You can Google World War II propaganda and see legit posters that slam both sides. But I like that in the comics it's like this really important thing. You know, mm-hmm. like we need Captain America out there raising money for bullets because it's propaganda. You know, so yeah, that was cool that they used this fight instead of just you know trying to kill him or whatever. They used it to to ruin them publicly.
1: And then, um, you know, Fury's in trouble. He gets busted to sergeant, but then whenever I'm not busted as sergeant, he gets busted to private. And then whenever it's he hears about the uh, the cheating, he goes back after Strucker. And I feel like it's pretty cathartic there at the end.
0: Oh, he destroys him. It's not even a fight. Right. Like he had no chance. So that drug must have been kicking in, in the, in, right in the beginning with the last fight. Cause Strucker didn't even hold his own for a second.
1: I bet when Nick found out he was drugged, he was furious.
0: So what do you think of the bit where like Nick is worried that his, uh, his, oh, furious. I get it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, it took me I figured a second. You, I think you're just gonna keep on going. <laughs> well I was like, <laughs> like, why is he laughing? Oh
0: furious. Haha. Um What do you think of the bit where Fury was worried that or assumed that his people would treat him as badly as he treats them and then like they were all nice to him? That was kinda cool.
1: That's pretty neat. I mean, it shows the affection for, for Sargent that they have, mm. which I don't know. I mean your sergeant's an old crusty war horse, and you probably get so pissed at him the whole time that you're having to double time through a swamp. But at the same time, he's your sergeant. and Yeah.
0: They've got like Stockholm syndrome.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit of that.
0: Because even <laughs> even when they are nice to him, his response is to be mean to them <laughs> and tell them that they're all a bunch of losers who are treating him too nice and they need to get their head in the game. So, But, you know, that's because he wants them to live, I guess.
1: And then the general shows up and, um, you know, I hate when I bust my commanding officer's favorite sergeant.
0: Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. This is a really funny book. I, I've said that before. I feel like I don't know if we ever really, really, um, you know, accurately uh, summarize that aspect. I'm not sure how we would, but just vi- <laughs> yeah. visually and dialogue wise, it's it's an entertaining book.
1: Yeah, without getting into the r- really nitty gritty of the details of the storytelling, it's really hard to pull out the actual charm of this series.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, because there are lots of just little individual panels. Just while you're doing the recapping, and you know, I was flipping through, following along, there was one page that jumped out at me. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so endearing. Um, page 10, whenever Sergeant Fury. Yeah, there's a guy there's a soldier talking to Happy oh. Sam Sawyer and yeah. Fury jumps in and is and uh he's like, Hold on, this soldier was here first. If you like, I don't think I'll mind if I interrupt him. What do you say, blue eyes? And he's like hiding behind his hat and it's so adorable. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, there's a lot of little things like that. Like even the like the date he's going on, like someone bumps Fury in the face and he's like, Well, what are you gonna do about it? But then he realizes it's Fury and he gets scared. That Fury is gonna beat him to death, and then his girlfriend's like, "No, he's gonna be—he's gonna apologize, right?" And then Fury does this like over-the-top apology thing. And it's like right. comical. It's hilarious stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I do like Sergeant Fury, and if you're not reading out there, if you've not read it before, if you're just flooding with our stories, it is definitely worth giving it a try. Maybe less so at the first issue or two, but you know, even by this point, by issues four and five, are they've settled into a groove.
0: Now, I don't see on Mike's Amazing World of DC website that it's been reprinted that often. So, I hope it's digitally available. Yeah, they available. don't
1: do a whole lot of Sergeant Fury stuff. I mean, there's the Marvel Masterworks.
0: But is it available digitally, do you know? Like, on Marvel Unlimited or Comixology or something like that?
1: I do have the Masterworks volume on Comixology, yes.
0: Okay. So, you could get it that way, guys. Yeah. If you wanted to. It's out there. Yeah.
1: Um, all right. And then there's the usual, like, gun Page. Uh
0: Uh-huh. I kind of been skipping over those now. They're they're becoming less less exciting.
1: Right. Okay. Well, that means we are ready for some journey into mystery.
0: Speaking of cliffhanger.
1: Dun dun dun. Journey into mystery one hundred. It's our first three digit issue number. I never even
0: realized that. That's cool.
1: Yep. yep, Not that we started on one, but no. Still. Started on 83, but this is still November 5th, 1963, which is where we're going to stay for the whole episode. And, um, you know, we do these in chronological order during the week of release. So, of course, Sergeant Fury's always early chronologically. He's earliest because that's, you know, the way timelines work. But um, this Thor story.
0: Well, really, we should have done Tales of Asgard first.
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, that reminds me I need to get the other thing open. Okay. So, um,. Hmm. Thor shows up and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's Thor. Run away. And Thor's like, why, why, why are they running away? And this is by the way, the master plan of Mr. Hyde written by Stanley illustrated by Don Heck lettered by S. Rosen. This is the last Heck issue. Um, even the police come after Thor. He's like, why? And we get a little flashback of how Mr. Hyde came after Don Blake and Don fell out of the, uh, building and turned into Thor. Then Thor went home for a while to, um, Ask his dad again about marrying Jane. And dad's like, no. So Thor comes home, turns into uh, Don Blake and is talking to Jane. And and, um, they make plans to go out to dinner. And guess who's spying on their plans? Mr. Hyde is spying on their plans. And so he finds them at dinner. He's like, would you like a bottle of Grey Poupon? No, you would not, because I am Mr. Hyde. Pulls a gun on them. Tells him to go get that car over there, and they go in to get that car over there. Takes him to a place where he ties Don Blake to a pole and sets up a time bomb to kill him. And then he leaves with Jane. It's like, we're gonna go, let him die here. And Don's like, oh, I just wish that my cane was over closer. Can't get to it. Um, there is something with uh Mr. Hyde wanting to hijack a submarine or something. <laughs> Yeah, because that yeah. I mean, his motivation was to get even with Donald Blake. So we're going to hijack us up right now that I've killed Don Blake. Yeah. And Don, meanwhile, is straining against his bonds, straining against his rope so hard. I think he might actually like break some bones trying to get to his his um, his cane. But he finally grabs the cane, smashes it against the floor and turns into Thor. And uh, Thor uh, flies away. He's like, I got to go find Mr. Hyde. He's somewhere in the world. Going to go find him. Mr. Hyde has Jane. Uh, they're getting on the submarine. And um, let's see. Thor's flying over there. I think there was something about Odin. He's I just watching. He's just, just chilling out watching. Okay. Yeah. So Thor confronts Hyde on the submarine. Now, we will talk about this later, but this submarine is way too big. Right. <laughs> I've been inside a submarine.
0: Yeah. They're fighting on the Titanic.
1: Yeah. They're fighting on the Titanic instead of a you know <laughs> submarine which is like basically a tiny pipe <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with ship around it. Anyways, um and to make a long story tolerable, Jet ja, Thor fights Hyde until Hyde falls in the water. Um makes sure that Jane is safe and then flies away. Um and is like, "Dad, I want to marry her." And Dad's like, "No! Shut up! Again!" And Thor's like, "But I want to marry her. I got to marry her." The end. Oh, but he wanted – he
0: said no because she did something. Do you remember that?
1: I don't remember. Was there a twist at the end?
0: No, she was going to help Hyde beat Thor because she didn't want Don to die.
1: Oh.
0: And she – I remember Hyde so was like, if we he don't – knows
1: that she cares about Don Blake.
0: No, he's like, if – uh Hyde was like, if we don't come back in like 60, hour, in 60 minutes or whatever, this thing is going to explode. And then she's thinking, well, if Thor beats Hyde, how are we going to save – Donald so I'm going to try and help hide or remember she tried to hide the hammer essentially
1: Oh and that's then, right and then Odin's
0: like that female has no honor she can never be a god
1: because all seeing Odin missed the part where she's like <laughs> but I want to save Don right it's horrible ugh anyway actually Odin is just kind of a horrible person he he
0: now is he for initially he was either a nothing or at first he was kind of cool he seemed but now he's full on Odin the way I think of Odin. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was just you know Big Daddy Odin before.
0: But like we like we we thought about in like the last issue because we keep trying to apply this stuff we're going to know someday that they aren't they don't know right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were thinking like maybe he was just like leading Thor on like oh yeah sure I'll make her a god why not like I made you <laughs> you know because because he didn't um, so maybe he was just looking for any excuse to get out of that idea. And, and Thor buys into it because he just believes whatever his dad says.
1: Well, yeah. He doesn't know any different. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So, John. Yeah. This last issue before this, 99, had an incredible uh, 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 cliffhanger. Of Thor going crazy and doing lots of crazy stuff. And I don't understand how they satisfied that. Or did I, I miss it? I don't think they did.
0: Right. They just ignored it completely, except for the part where everybody hates Thor. But they don't explain how that happened.
1: Right. And it's just moments later at the office of Dr. Don Blake, the viant Thunder God stamps his mighty hammer and turns back into Don Blake. And that's it.
0: Like, so did Hyde dress up as Thor? Because he doesn't look like Thor at all. How did – I don't get it. That's just totally disappointing. I was really looking forward to find out what happened.
1: Well, he does say on page 2 – I haven't robbed any banks. The only answer is that someone has been impersonating me, but who? Wait, what a fool I am. I'd forgotten about Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And that's when we get the flashback. Okay. But there's no real explanation of how and why and what he did to masquerade as Thor.
0: How could a dude who's essentially like a big pink gorilla look like an Adonis, you know, with the hammer and everything? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just was not an explanation for me. I was disappointed.
1: Well, it's a little funny because Thor is going to be a continued story. Like he's going to have sort of the unending soap opera sort of thing that mm-hmm. like Fantastic Four and Spider-Man are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a little bit of a taste of that here because Thor is our first well, – Was not our first big cliffhanger. That was actually over a Giant Man, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but we kind of feel like that was just because they had to split the story. It wasn't much of a cliffhanger. That's true. This was much more like, what is going on? Find out next week or next month. And then they don't tell us, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was unsatisfying. Oh, well. Let's see. They go on a date. This is their first date, right? No, they went to the carnival. and But they kind of did that impromptu, I think. This was like a legit, let's dress up and go on a date.
1: Yeah, this is Don Blake and Jane Foster going out and being romantic. Uh-huh. It's so wonderful being here with you like this, Don, away from the office. We can just be Don and Jane. Uh huh. The most boring names ever. I mean, yeah. um, <laughs> so,
0: so now that he, well, okay, I guess he, at this point he's under the impression that maybe she'll be a God someday and he can date her, I guess, or confess who he is to her. So they're dating. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise all this is pointless for him. If he's going to obey Odin,
1: if he's going to obey Odin, cause that's something we talked about before is like, why does Dawn feel so honor bound to obey Odin?
0: Right. If he's just like a human with God powers, why does he care?
1: Right. I mean, a year ago, he was just a dude. Now he's a dude who is in love with a girl, but can't do anything about it because his supernatural daddy he didn't even have a year ago is telling him, no, you can't do that because I'm your supernatural daddy now. Mm -hmm.
0: Even though he sort of isn't.
1: Even though he sort of isn't. Um, Jane gets kidnapped, or they get kidnapped, and Jane is thinking in her head, oh, Don, my darling, if only you were strong enough to cope with this brute, but you're not. And I'm thinking, (laughs) step up, woman. I was thinking- not you a, stop him.
0: Or not a single man you date would be strong enough to take on Hyde. So why are you putting this pressure? Like even freaking Bruce Wayne couldn't take on Hyde. You know what right. I mean? Like how good of a person do you – I mean I guess she's just comparing him to Thor all the time. But that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm sorry Don is lame. But even like a full on like super strong in shape person couldn't take on Mr. Hyde. That's crazy. And
1: they don't really play it up a whole lot here. But in later stories, Mr. Hyde's strength. Is really ramped up. He is pretty dang strong.
0: Well, as we'll see in Avengers, which we will cover next, if Hyde actually gives Thor a hard time, then Hyde must be ridiculously strong.
1: Right. Yeah. Because Thor can hold his own against the Hulk and Submariner and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, Don is standing there wishing he could reach his cane. And I'm thinking, man, if only you had that like summoning power that you have in the movies – (laughs) <laughs> or, like stick out your hand and the the hammer flies toward you.
0: Yeah. Did we determine he can do that with a stick though? I still don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't, well, I mean, he can not do it with a hammer in the comics. The stick doesn't exist in the movies. So.
0: Right. So I just I yeah I don't know. Um, I like the Don Heck, Don Heck art though. Um, when he's not Thor, I like all this dinner stuff. Looks good. Mm-hmm. All the uh, captured stuff looks good. I guess I just don't really love his Thor that much, but. Everything else is cool.
1: Yeah, he does people really well. And I like his Iron Man. There's something about the way he does Mm -hmm. Iron Man that I like. But yeah, as far as like super Thor person, it's just not – and the the wings just look a little bit ridiculous. I like good wingage on my Thor helmet. But But
0: not like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy.
1: That middle panel on page seven, he is legitimately going to fly away. In fact, but, I think that's what happens between uh, the middle panel and the next panel. He didn't throw his hammer. His helmet flew him away.
0: I got to say, though, so far, and I don't know how many times they've done this, but every single time he struggles to reach his hammer, it's been dynamic for me. Like It does go well. Like when, uh, you know, he's trying to get- – Swim to the bottom of the, the water and he's getting running out of breath and he, he's so close to touching it or, you know, when the robots are pounding on him and he can't quite grab it or whatever. And then, there was that one time they even did a countdown of how many seconds were left before he was. Yes. There. All that stuff is good. And this is good too. He's tied at the bottom of a, of a basement and he can, he just can't quite reach it. It's like his fingers are so close and he's sweating. And then it's just very satisfying when he gets to say Shazam and become Captain Marvel.
1: I was looking at <laughs> Captain Marvel. I was looking at page uh, eight, where Odin is spying on the world. And I was just thinking, wow, Odin has both his eyes. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, has he all, so far always had both his eyes?
1: Yeah, Odin has both of his eyes. He does not lose an eye for a very long time. Huh. And in in the mythology, there is a story of how he lost his eye, but like one-eyed Odin is like the status quo. That's That's how he is. There is a story of how he lost his eye, but he has one eye.
0: Wow, I did not notice he's had two this whole time. How weird! This entire time, huh? Well, he just—I don't maybe know or don't know. I mean, you did read that whole Thor thing just to read two issues of Thor, but like, uh, <laughs> did does he lose his eye in the course of storyline, or does one day his eye just disappear?
1: Oh no, no! Uh, and actually, they they adapt the mythological tale of how he got his how he lost his eye. They adapt that into a storyline for Thor. So oh. Oh, okay, um, it's actually. Gene will have to tell us if if he feels differently, but my impression of it at the time was that it was pretty cool.
0: Okay. Okay, so yeah, like you said, Hyde decides the best thing he could do with all his super strength and awesomeness is to steal a a, uh, submarine and become a pirate, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which to me seems weird because it's like, wow, you're really just setting yourself up for easy defeat if you're stuck in the water on a thing that can get blown out of the water. (laughs) You know, I don't know. It's like, I'd stay on land if I were you and just go around robbing banks or something, but to each their own.
1: So um, off the coast of Georgia, there is a submarine mm-hmm. that you can go and see,
0: mm-hmm. like like,
1: tor- like tourist. You know, you can go and see the inside of the submarine and then you can go down into it. And uh, the hull is, you know, rotting from being in the water and sitting there, you know, stagnant for so long. So the thing is not seaworthy, but the inside of it is definitely, you know. Wanderable. Um, Dude, submarines are little tiny narrow corridors. Yeah. There is not enough room for two people to get by.
0: Oh, I believe And there's like
1: stuff on either side, you know, constantly little doors going into little rooms, the radio room and the computer room and the sleeping room and all the other stuff. But submarines are small as far as just like how maneuverable you are inside of them. So it's kind of crazy.
0: Well, they kept calling it a Polaris submarine. So I thought – well, maybe this is like an extra large submarine, you know, but I think that's just like a nuclear submarine. So it's no different. So, yeah, this is just way too roomy, these panels. But.
1: And then we get to page 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, Hyde is wrapping bands around Thor. He's like, ha, I've got you. And now with my almost unlimited strength, I'll finish you off forever. And I'm thinking, dude, you're almost unlimited strength against Thor. And next panel, <laughs> Thor's like, you dare mention your strength when you speak to Mighty Thor. And I'm right? like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> so Jane chooses Dawn over Thor here.
1: Which is interesting because mm-hmm. that is not her that has not been her move. No,
0: and which is why we normally don't like her. But now I kind of like her, at least from this issue. She cared. She cared mm-hmm. about Don and worried about him surviving and whether or not he'd survive if Hyde was defeated. That's all interesting stuff. It's kind yeah, of for- weird that she can just cover his hammer with a piece of paper and it like totally ruins everything for him. But otherwise, it's a good scene.
1: Yeah, I um, I had forgot about this twist in the story. Uh, if I cover with this canvas, he may not be able to find it quickly. And that would give Hyde a chance to escape. And that's exactly what happens. Thor's like, oh, crap. Where's my hammer? I don't see it. Is it over there? No. I put it over there? No. Where did I set it down? Is it, is it, it doesn't look under anything because, you know, he just had it. You can't find your keys in the morning, you know?
0: I like the idea of the God of Thunder just like looking around in the middle of a fight. Hey, where'd my hammer go? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he's not at that point. Like we just said, like he can't just reach out and it comes to him, I guess. That only happens if he throws
1: it. Right. If he throws it, it's supposed to come back to him. Otherwise it just lands and stays there.
0: But in the future, in the future, it'll be easier for him.
1: Um, I liked the what was happening at the top of page 12, even though I really didn't like the actual art. Mm. Moving with blinding speed, the Thunder God whirls his crimson cape about him. Even yeah. without my hammer, I'm still the God of Thunder and Storm. Using my cape, I'll create a tornado within this small area. And I'm just like, yes, that's exactly the kind of thing that Thor should do. It just looks really crappy.
0: Looks bad, but yes, it's great that he's not just the God of Hammers. And it... Makes up for that that one issue we lit, reread where like he was determined to replace his hammer every chance he got because he just couldn't function without one. That, I can't remember what that issue was where like Loki yeah. uh, Loki tricked him into going to Asgard or something. He lost his hammer. right. Yeah, I like when Thor does things that are like godly without the stupid hammer. Not that I okay stupid hammer. I love the hammer, but you know he can do other things. With people
1: he doesn't always need the hammer, especially no. when his hammer is not the hammer. The hammer is his penis. Um
0: in case that was unclear.
1: Right. So <laughs> last page, Thor is like, "You are safe now, woman. Why do you look so worried?" It's Don Blake. I I don't know whether he's still alive or I have to set her mind at ease without revealing my true identity. And I'm like, "Dude, that would have been the perfect moment to yeah. say who you are and make all this happen."
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got to wonder about these secret identities. I mean, I understand them because you don't want the bad guys to kill people you love and you don't want the bad guys to find out about those people. But sometimes it seems like it's more of a mess than it needs to be.
1: But that's not even what's happening here. Right. And yeah. honestly, okay, you know what? The whole Superman, I can't tell you that who I am because then the world will target you. Mm-hmm. The world knows that Lois Lane is Superman's girlfriend.
0: I know. That too.
1: They target her anyway, just because of that.
0: <laughs> or or when the superhero's secret identity is, quote unquote, best friends. Right. And then it's like, well, then you've essentially eliminated the whole positive part of the having a secret identity. If everybody knows that to get to Spider-Man, you just go to Peter Parker, then what's one step over? Aunt May. And if or- they got
1: married, she'd still be in danger, but at least she'd get sex out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So – And she's in danger all the time as it is. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think Marvel does the secret anything less. But but Thor sure loves it. Because he's Superman.
1: He is. He is Superman. Are we done with the main story?
0: We are. Again, I'm kind of upset that – not upset, but disappointed that there was like a thing that happened last issue that set up a subplot line that is immediately resolved. They did that with Jane and the Doctor. Like her quitting and leaving. And then the very next mm-hmm. issue, it's resolved. And then this is like Odin's like, oh, maybe I'll let you date her. And the very next issue, it's resolved. I wish they'd do things that maybe last a few issues. They will. Yeah. yeah they I'm will, sure right? they will.
1: I think they're they're still feeling out what 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 audiences will stand and what they won't. Because even whenever they do such long, protracted, continued stories, there's always that vocal minority that are like, stop the continued stories. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, we're stopping it for one month.
0: Yeah. Speaking of stories, we have two in this book.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, we have three. We're going to skip the middle one because it's not Thor. All right. Um, But the other one, The Boyhood of Thor. Yay. Tales of Asgard, home of the mighty Norse gods, the Storm Giants. Okay. So this is written by Stanley and drawn by Jack Kirby, inked by Prineman and lettered by Art Simic. So we have baby Thor and baby Loki, and they're so cute, and I just want to keep them and make them <laughs> precious, and they're so cute, adorable. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're, they they're act like 10-year-olds, but they're wearing the exact same clothes. Yep. Um, they have decided that they're going to go follow these two storm giants to the storm giant for- fortress, because the storm giants have stolen the golden apples of the goddess Iduna. Mike, do you know why the golden apples of the goddess Iduna are important? No. These are the immortality apples. That's important. If you don't eat the apples, you won't be an immortal.
0: And we don't want these giants to be immortals, probably.
1: Right, right. But we want, you know, Thor and Loki, they want to they be immortals. So they go to the giant's stronghold, and um, Thor is trying to be all stealthy and stuff, and Loki's like, hee hee, and makes them notice Thor. And like, oh! It's it's a little teeny tiny human. We must get him. And there's fighting. Um, and there's like pepper makes the giant sneeze. And they try to get Thor and Loki. I think starts a fire. And there's smoke. But Thor is still awesome. And Loki gets the apples and puts them on the back of an eagle. It's like I'm gonna take these apples home. And Thor's like, no, 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 you can't leave without me. So he jumps onto the eagle's claw. And the storm giants are pissed. Ah, oh, you stole our apples. And the eagle flies home. And Thor's like, whew, I was pretty awesome. I'm going to go try to lift this hammer. And I can get it a little bit. And I was like, you will be worthy one day, my son. In the end.
0: I love the ex-babies.
1: <laughs>
0: and the Avengers babies. and Yeah, this was cool. It was um, very fun. More fun than, you know, just the generic Asgard thing. Now we got, like, actual Thor and Loki doing something. Right. Um, as kids. It's interesting. Go ahead.
1: I like how Loki gets Thor into trouble, but then saves him too.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you think, and we'll never know, but do you think like, because then he of course passes it off as, I wasn't really trying to save you. Right. But do you think that's true? Or are we just putting Tom Hiddleston's performance into something that isn't there?
1: (laughs) I like the idea that Loki is not as absolutely evil as he is often written to be. Uh-huh. So the idea that as as a child, he was more conflicted about his mischief, about his pranks, I like that idea.
0: Well, I mean, he pushes Thor out, and they see him, but does anybody really think that Thor can't handle these three dorks, right? Right. So is he really putting his brother in danger, or was it just like a prank and, ha-ha, this is funny, because you didn't want to uh, be seen?
1: It's harder for you now, but you, I know you're going to make it okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I kind of felt anyway. But this is like the first story where it's not necessarily just a really heavy hammer that only Superman can lift. Mm-hmm. They're suggesting that, you know, if you have 28 feats of valor that you can pick it up or whatever.
1: Right. Which is is really is new. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it say? It says, but I hope that I would receive credit for this deed. But Odin is too wise to be deceived. And says, after each deed of valor, my son Thor, you are are able to lift my hammer a little higher until finally someday. So you're right. It's like every time he does something awesome, but he didn't get credit for this one. The Cosmic Balance Scales don't give him the credit for rescuing the apples because it was actually Loki.
0: No, Loki's thinking he didn't get credit. Thor did get credit.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm misreading that. You're right. Of course, Loki thought he was going to get credit for saving the apples. But of course, no, it was... And I read that right the first time. I don't know why I misread it just now.
0: Um, But it's also interesting that you can – it's not a yes or no thing. Like like, like I've never seen that before. I'll probably never see it again. But this idea that like, you know, you're on the path to good so you can lift it a couple inches off the ground. Right. But then it's like, wow, there must be a lot of people that can partially lift it then, you would think. But I don't know.
1: Um, You know, it's kind of like – Thor slowly grows in worthiness, mm-hmm. which you know we don't really think of because he's always been worthy. Back in my more religious days, one of the one of the phrases that always kind of struck me as interesting about Jesus is the story about him being in the temple, and it says that you know as a child. Um, you know, he's traveling with his parents and he gets separated. They're like, Oh my gosh, where's our son? And they find him in the temple arguing with the, with the rabbis. And it says that from that time, Jesus grew in wisdom and understanding. Mm. And if you grow in wisdom and understanding, that means that at some point you had less wisdom and understanding. Yeah. Um, so the idea of like our deities, our, our, you know, people, our, our, our beings that are this absolute something. The idea that they used to not be and they had to get there is interesting.
0: Yeah, I think in the case of Jesus, there's a lot of skipping between baby and you know full grown man too. I don't think and there's Thor a, too, and Thor too. So, <laughs> um, but we also know, at least in the future, that the whole reason he's Don Blake is because at some point he must lose his way, mm-hmm. and I guess as Don Blake he regains that valor so he could lift it up again, or I don't know.
1: Yeah, I forget exactly how the whole Don Blake thing is resolved cuz it basically goes away at one point. Hmm. Um and I think it may just be, oh crap, I've been in space for 50 issues. My whole Don Blake life is gone. I should start a new one. I think that is actually what happens.
0: Right, but like the fact that he's Don Blake in the first place was a punishment for him being not having humility or something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's was it that- was he able to lift the hammer when he was being a bad God who had no oh, ability? I see what
1: you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how that plays out. We'll have okay. to see when we get yeah. there.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So, we have a friend of the show, um Gene Hendricks, Gene, Gene the podcasting king or the podcasting machine. I think it's both. And uh he is a worshipper of the Norse gods and he has been so gracious as to go through these tales of Asgard stories and give us his feedback. As someone who, you know, kind of knows what the source material is. So these are Gene's thoughts. He says, all right, this is something interesting. There really isn't anything in the Norse lore about the younger days of the gods, with the exception of Odin. That means this story can work nicely. We already know that Thor and Loki would travel together as adults. So it makes sense for them to do so as children, especially if they are brothers in the Marvel Universe. Because remember, they're not brothers in the original myths right this is the kind of fill in the gap stuff that i like my one problem okay two but we'll get to that is that mjolnir was created when thor was an adult ah he was already the bane of the frost giants but he had no weapon since he was so strong that most weapons broke when he used them it was actually a scheme by loki that resulted in mjolnir being crafted by the dwarves but it was a flawed creation as the handle was too short. That's funny because it's always so long handled in a lot of these early issues. I know, they really haven't figured that out yet. That leads me to the other problem I have with these early issues of Thor. Mjolnir is always drawn as a sledgehammer with a really long handle. That's a nitpick more than anything, but it just bugs me every time I see it.
0: I wonder if Stan picked Thor because he wields a hammer as a weapon, and therefore he doesn't have to figure out how to get his superhero to not chop people's heads off every time he encounters them.
1: That's a good question. Because uh,
0: he, he wields a sword in this entire tale as, you know, baby, baby Thor. Which looks cool, by the way. But, yeah. He's got a hammer. It's kind of an unusual weapon for a, a warrior, you know, medieval warrior or whatever. Viking. Mm-hmm. To not have a blade.
1: But that wraps us up on Journey into Mystery 100. Unless you had any other thoughts? Not really. That's
0: good. Or disappointing.
1: And Jack Kirby... I thought he started in 97, but he really, really does start in 101.
0: See, I don't believe you now. You've already teased me too many times.
1: I am an unreliable narrator. I apologize. I really
0: hope you're right, though, because Kirby Thor is so cool. Okay. Speaking of Kirby, though, and Kirby Thor, as well as Kirby other people, do you want to do Avengers 3 tonight? Of course. Right? Of course. Or should we not? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 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 Avengers 3, also November 5th, 1963 for Avengers 3. Oh, it's called The Sub-Mariner, Hyphen written by Stan Lee, pencils by Jack Kirby, inker Paul Reinman, and letterer Sam Rosen. That guy really gets around. Um, and it opens where, again, another to-be-continued continuity thing. Last issue, the Space Phantom came down and had all these shenanigans And made the Avengers fight themselves. And ultimately, the Hulk decided that everybody hates him. And were way too happy about fighting him when they thought the Space Phantom was the Hulk. So he quit the team. And we open Avengers 3 with the whole team worried about that. The remaining team of Giant Man, Wasp, Thor, and Iron Man are all kind of upset that he quit. And think that, I'm not really sure what their motivation is. They're kind of like, A, want him back on the team. But B, they're like, if he's not on the team and we can't watch him, he's too much of a menace to society. So we have to... Stop him somehow or maybe just convince him to come back on the team. I don't know. They, they should have had another meeting about that maybe. But uh, that's where they're at. Iron Man's like, well, I'll find him. And he shows off this weird projector thing that, quote unquote, Tony Stark, who he's not, invented. <laughs> and uh, it like projects his image to all these different places and he can interact with these people because science. Um, so – First, it's the Fantastic Four building, but they're all too busy doing experiments. Then he finds Spider-Man, but he's too busy, like, webbing up three or four bad guys. Then it's the X-Men, but Professor X is really upset that he interrupted their training because bad Professor X loves his training. Um, anyway, so after that doesn't work, Thor's just like, why don't we uh – uh Talk to Rick Jones. And it was, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably a better idea. So they all use the ham radio and they call Rick Jones and he goes out to the desert and he finds Thor or finds Thor, finds Hulk because he's Rick Jones and he convinces Hulk to go back to their base that they used to have back in the days of, uh, the incredible or, you know, the Hulk that we used to cover. The cave headquarters, the cave headquarters. And in that headquarters where I'm pretty sure the last issue Hulk smashed this thing. But it's there again, this projector thing that can turn Hulk to Bruce Banner and Bruce Banner back to Hulk. So, either they it got rebuilt or I don't know what happened. We're not really no, sure. I, I,
1: I think I talked about how I've seen in a later issue how he gets smashes this. I don't think he smashed it yet in that other one. He didn't? Are you sure? Nope. Uh, but I thought that's what I'm thinking. Well, okay. I will check while you continue to snopsize. Okay.
0: I don't know. I was under the impression it was smashed. But here it is. And the Hulk uses it and he turns back to Banner. And of course, as always, he's very weak. So Rick Jones tucks him into bed. But like pretty much one page later, he wakes up in a fit, thinks about the Hulk and turns into the Hulk because a fit makes him turn into the Hulk. Hulk smashes out of the cave, ditches Rick. Rick calls the Avengers. There's like this whole like everybody suiting up business, which is kind of cool. And they all... Go to the desert and they find the Hulk and the Hulk fights Iron Man, Giant Man, Wasp, and Thor. But by fight, I mean more like he doesn't just directly confront them like you think maybe the Hulk would do these days. But this is back when he's not as Hulky as he is, I guess. He does more like a stick and move thing where, you know, he just pretty much gets out of anything they try and catch him in. And eventually they like end up on this train and he somehow gets to stack a a stack or a f- bags of flour and creates like this big, uh, uh, you know, chimney smokestack thing that camouflage and gets away. So basically he's just trying to get away from them and he jumps into the water, the Atlantic, and it says he swims for days and days cause he's the Hulk and he can hold his breath forever until he gets really tired. And this sh- passing by the ship that's passing by pulls him in, um, I think because they want to catch him and he's really weak. So he lets them. But the entire time that's happening, good old Submariner, who I think we haven't seen since he tried to invade New York in Fantastic Four Annual Number 1. Right. Right. Okay. So he's been watching this whole time for some reason and he decides the Hulk is a very strong character and he could almost take on the Avengers by himself. So if they team up, he could destroy the Avengers. And why does he want to destroy the Avengers? Because he hates humans and they're human. So the Hulk eventually regains his strength. He jumps off the boat. He swims to shore and he finds Namor waiting there. And Namor says, hi. And Thor says, "Earth Thor, I keep calling Hulk Thor. Hulk says, I hate you because I'm the Hulk. And he tries to beat him up. And Namor says, how dare you touch me? Because I'm Prince Namor. And they fight. And then Prince Namor actually beats the Hulk because he manages to get him in the water and puts him in like a whirlwind. Um, but he doesn't kill him. He pulls him out and says, see, I'm okay. You should join me. And the Hulk's like, okay, I'll join you. But then they both think to each other, to themselves, like, as soon as I don't need you anymore, I'm going to beat you up too. So they're not really good friends at this point, but they're working together. Um, and Submariner sends a message to the Avengers, much like Baron Strucker sent a message to Nick Fury, challenging them to a fight. They accept, much like Nick Fury, and Go meet them. I'm not really sure where. They say something like caves that were used by the British in the war. So I don't know if that means they're in England right now or the UK or Europe somewhere. But they had to take a submarine to get there. So it's somewhere. And they're in these caves. And they get into a fight again. But this time it's Hulk and Submariner versus the Avengers. So they fare a little better. Submariner takes out um, all three of them at some point except for Thor. And then he thinks – in his arrogance that he could also take on Thor. But that's when Hulk's like, no, you can't beat Thor by yourself. So I'm going to help you. And they dogpile on Thor and Hulk's like, you know what? You're not so awesome without this hammer. So I'm just going to take it. And he tries to take it and he uses both hands and he pulls as hard as he can. And he can't get it to come out of Thor's grip. Now let me reiterate here. I'm not saying the Hulk is trying to lift it up off the ground and he's not worthy. I'm saying the Hulk with both hands cannot pull the hammer out of Thor's single-handed grip. Okay? All right, 1963. So, anyway, Thor eventually gets bored of that and like throws the hammer around and gets into a fist fight with uh with uh, Namor. Giant man dog piles in on him. Um, Hulk has this weird thing where he has another anxiety attack, only instead of it turning into the Hulk, it turns him back to Bruce Banner. At which point he's like, Oh my gosh, I gotta get out of here. I have no stake in this, plus I don't want them to see me. So, he just runs away and leaves Submariner to fight all the Avengers by himself. Iron Man pins Submariner to the cave wall with magnetism. Um, and at this point, Submariner is so weak from being out of the water for so long, he really can't get out. But he manages to like struggle just enough to break some of the rock of the wall. And a little bit of water from the ocean splashes on him. And that makes him strong enough. So, he's supercharged. He goes Super saiyan Level 2. And <laughs> and breaks the cave and leaps out and jumps into the water. And they're all kind of like, well, I don't really want to fight him now that he's in the water. And Thor's like, he was a good opponent. We should let him leave. And everybody's like, yeah, that sounds honorable. And, <laughs> and then that's the end.
1: There's a new corner box. Hey, is there? Yeah. It has Giant Man holding uh, the wasp instead of Ant Man riding an ant. Well, now I need to see the old corner box. Let's see. also iron man is updated but i think thor and hulk are the same oh yeah
0: yeah that's a better corner box
1: so um i'm gonna play devil's advocate here Mm -hmm. and i think i presented this notion back during issue two but what exactly is their problem with the hulk on page two panel one they're like i tell you we have got to find the hulk so long as he is running wild there's no telling what he'll do
0: so i thought about that too um we know that the world thinks the Hulk is a monster. We know that the few times the Hulk has tried to save somebody, like a family from a burning building or something, even then they're like, oh, he destroyed my house, as they're running away. You know, Like, he can't catch a break. He gets no credit for any of the times he's saved the planet, except for his last issue, when he got a happy ending, because they thought he was never going to be seen again.
1: Right, get yeah, apart um, everything.
0: But yeah, even in Avengers 1, he's on the run and Loki easily convinces everybody that he's the one who destroyed that train. So, he is a menace in that sense or they a perceived menace. So, I understand that. But he was also on their team and they should kind of maybe know better a little bit. And and two, like I said, what is the goal? Because sometimes they say, we want you back on the team. Hey, why are you punching me? Even though I'm out here to beat you up. Hulk, don't fight me. I'm your friend.
1: Do they feel like being on the team is a leash?
0: Ah, that could be. Like, as long as you're on the team, we can watch you and keep you in line. But the thing is, like, if he refuses to join, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to arrest him, put him in jail, kill him? What's the goal? They don't really say.
1: And then Iron Man brings out this device. This device that he stands in front of. Yeah. And it will send his image anywhere. Yeah. This is, like, a crazy powerful device.
0: It's also very invasive. Yeah. Like,
1: Do-do-do-do-do, hello, I'm in your room now.
0: (laughs) Right? I'm sorry you were changing clothes or going to the bathroom, but I have an important thing to tell you.
1: Which really, the thing is changing clothes. That's exactly what's happening there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he's like, and nobody's happy that he's doing this. Spider-Man, X-Men, Thing, none of them are happy. No one likes it.
1: Tony, stop it.
0: Yeah. And it's also silly. It makes no sense.
1: Oh, actually, we can
0: kind of do that now, though, can't we? But we have to have two projectors. But, like, isn't that a thing? Like, they were doing the whole, like, Star Wars projection things at award shows and stuff for a while.
1: Maybe. I think you have to have a receiver, though.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You have to have a receiver. So, that's the thing he doesn't have. He can just project anywhere, I guess. Right. But I I just thought it was kind of a cool – it's pointless because it does nothing. But it's a cool, like, uh, three-page, hey, here's the Marvel Universe as we see it so far Mm kind of thing. Except for Doctor Strange. He didn't talk to Doctor Strange, but he doesn't know Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, actually, as of this point, Doctor Strange has still made no connection to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, so they don't even know him anyway. Right, doesn't exist. Um, I love Susan in this scene because she gives no frogs whatsoever. <laughs> right. She's I'll like, be at the Reed, fashion I, show. <laughs> yeah, I, if, if I see him, I'll give him a jingle. Bye, y'all.
0: Yeah. And actually, the most cooperative person of these encounters was Reed Richards. And that kind of makes sense, too, because Reed would ha- not have a problem with the guy being, using cool sciencey things to talk to him, probably.
1: So I have often said that outside of his own book, when he's not the sympathetic protagonist, Peter Parker is often a jerk. Uh-huh. When I say that, this is one of the key scenes that I think of. Is yeah. He's sitting here webbing up his guys. Iron Man's like, yo, what's up? And he's like, dude, suffering spider webs. Never say that again, Peter.
0: I think ever. he does, though.
1: Yeah, no. I don't know. <laughs> well, he said it before, and I told him never to say it again, and now he's saying it again. And that's, that's, he's like, look, do I tell you my troubles? I've got my hands full right now. Why don't you try the missing persons bureau? Thanks, Pete. Um, I
0: wonder if, like, because he has no expression on his face, obviously, because he's Spider Man, and right. he likes to be sarcastic. So maybe he's like the internet, you know, sometimes you just can't tell if someone's joking or not. <laughs> and, uh, also, he is neck deep in, criminal webbing at that point so maybe that wasn't the best time to be like hey have you seen the hulk anywhere
1: yeah also you're talking to your future employer this is not the way you want to impress the job interview
0: now iron man calls him sunny um but that doesn't mean does that mean we like actually know that spider-man's a youngin, or does he just call everybody sunny or what
1: uh he may sound a little on the young side he could yeah um so also we go to the X-Men because uh-huh. Iron Man knows that Xavier is connected to the X-Men, which is something that almost no one else knows. It was a little vague in that one Angel issue. But yeah, Iron Man knows what Xavier is. Yeah, and there's
0: a little continuity of like Angel said I could come here if I never had needed a favor because I helped him in my mm-hmm. in my last issue. So that was cool.
1: Which, you know, I had the Avengers masterwork, so that was just like, oh, hey, look, that that's the thing that happened, in another issue. It's kind of neat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing for captions, huh?
1: So I was going to judge the Wasp on page five on the first panel. She says, he's a shortwave radio ham. He's probably at his set right now. I, I was going to judge her for being judgy, just assuming that Rick was hanging out by his radio set. But then I thought about how much I check Facebook and Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rick probably just lives there. <laughs> Have you noticed, though, in this issue that Thor is not talking thor anymore? Oh, he's not? I don't know. And I don't think he did it in Thor either with the second Hyde appearance. Like, before we set on a time-consuming worldwide search, why don't we contact young Rick Jones? Okay, he says young Rick Jones. That's kind of Thor-like. But I don't know. Time-consuming?
1: Time-consuming worldwide search is not really the kind of no. lingo that we're no. expecting from our no. hippie Norse god.
0: So they're sort of waffling on that a little bit. But anyway.
1: Or they're just still finding it and feeling what it's supposed to feel like.
0: But look, here's another example. Rick Jones finds an old man. Old man's like, Hulk tried to kill me in my car. What really happened? Dude saw the Hulk, freaked out, drove his car into the lake, and the Hulk is fishing it out for him.
1: I see. So there's a big old disconnect between what Hulk is actually doing. Yeah. Which is what we saw most of. Right. And what people are perceiving him as doing.
0: Right. And I guess the Avengers didn't hang out with him enough to possibly know that his motives are generally okay.
1: And you know what we haven't seen in like, months is Hulk become Bruce.
0: No, we, there's this big gap between the last issue of Hulk where he's walking away with what's her face happily ever after. And the first issue, of the issue issue, I said it like an Englishman, the first issue of the Avengers where he's leaping around in the desert. We right. don't, we don't know what happened between those two times. And we haven't seen Bruce Banner since
1: until right now. We saw him in one panel. Oh, and um, I think it was that Iron Man Angel issue where oh uh, yeah we like checked in briefly with all the other Avengers and he, and he was only Iron Man was available and he was working yeah he's just in his in his civvy suit working um, but you know that could be you know ignorable because it the continuity was kind of weird in that issue
0: so what does Rick say he says um, does he say anything about like how long it's been since he's seen him not really.
1: No, in fact, he kind of implies that he's been changing more frequently. Okay. Because he says, it's lucky for us, you get worse each time you become the Hulk, you get harder to control. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we still have the big giant prison door set up from his solo series, except that it gets destroyed in this issue.
0: Because he just crashes through the wall. Oh, no, he he destroys the door.
1: Destroys the door and the wall, too. So that is all gone now. Although I did double check. And yes, the gamma gun was still intact at the end of the last issue.
0: Okay. Man, why did I think it was wrecked? I don't remember that. Oh, you know what I think it was? It didn't work. Right? Like they shot it. Yeah. It was a delayed reaction or something
1: like that. The last note we had on that issue is that the gamma gun is becoming more unpredictable.
0: Right. But they're still using it, I guess. Okay.
1: Now they're experimenting with how to get Bruce to change back and forth. Um, and how to keep that dramatic. So here, you notice he needed a dose of gamma to undo the Hulk. Mm-hmm. They gamma blast and turn him back into Bruce, and that gamma wore off.
0: And that's generally backwards with what they normally do,
1: right? So getting him back to human form, and then that wears off after a while. That's um, that's interesting. I like like
0: this. I like all these scenes, like because this is our only team book where these characters aren't from this book. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we've we've gotten this a few times where every time they get together, they have to do the suit up or the, you know, this is our normal lives in our individual books that you should be reading. Right. Before we become Avengers. That's kind of cool scenes.
1: It is cool. And moments like this where we we saw the characters at the beginning of the story and then they've all had a chance to go and do their own thing for a while. Now we're coming back to them. Uh Uh-huh. These kinds of narrative structures are handy for inserting continuity. Uh, it's yeah. not that important right now because things are not really as continued. But if we had a whole bunch of Iron Man stories that were just kind of building up and had no place to go in between Avengers stories, they could theoretically go in here.
0: Yeah. They could go in between the meeting in the beginning and when he's suiting up by page eight. Right. There could be like six issues of Iron Man.
1: Right, right. That's a cool idea. You know, a couple of days of him having adventures with Jack the <laughs> – With James Rhodes or something. I just made that up. Okay. And – um. All of the, what's that?
0: I said with James Rhodes, but I couldn't think of anybody else. I guess Happy Hogan would be who he'd have an adventure with.
1: Yeah, yeah. All of these Avengers coming together and like taking their own separate paths to get to the Hulk reminded me of the beginning of X Men 2 where they're all in New York. They just, uh-huh. all, for some reason, go different ways home. Yeah. Like some of these guys are flying, some of these guys are walking, and it's, it's all just different. But because they all need to get from New York City to the Southwest and they don't go together.
0: No, and it doesn't really even show – well, I guess Stark has a radio, so it says come at once. So, so Rick uses a radio and just must have their phone numbers or something, their frequency. Right. But nobody else seems to have that. I don't know. Like last issue, Stark's freaking tux was telling him to do something, you know.
1: Right. Because <laughs> the, <All> <laughs> the chest plate underneath his tux was like
0: setting off an alarm. It's like, that's really bad, but –
1: Okay. You want to be careful with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the ants make an underground <sighs> dam that like has enough water pressure to shoot. And that uh, – no.
0: No. All right. So, so far, Wasp has done nothing in the Avengers, right?
1: Almost nothing. She was a little bit useful in issue too, but not much.
0: Yeah. And I don't think Giant Man has done a whole lot either, honestly. Yeah. So, they better like – because you got Tony the inventor. So, Hank Pym has taken a backseat to that for some reason, even though he's as brilliant as Reed Richards, if not more so. At this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he doesn't do the projector thing. Iron Man does. Uh, He's being Ant-Man as Giant-Man, which I didn't think would happen often. But so far, it seems to be happening a lot.
1: It seems more interchangeable here than it does in his own book.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I'm thinking back on this fight and this issue that it's Thor and Iron Man that are more interesting than than Giant-Man and
1: Wasp. And then Thor confronts Hulk. He's like, hear me, Hulk. I'm not as merciful as Iron Man. I order you to return the event with the Avengers or suffer my wrath. And I'm like, yeah, okay. These guys don't like each other. Remember how they don't like each other last issue? Because they really didn't like each other then either.
0: Yeah. I do like that, like, uh, if anybody's going to beat Hulk, it's going to be Thor, though. And I think he knows that and goes out of his way to not confront him. Um,
1: uh. We get a classic, classic Avengers scene on the train. Yeah. Uh, this is mainly classic because of Giant Man's foibles. Uh, but before we get to Giant Man's foibles, he says he doesn't know. And this is the uh, bottom of page 13. He doesn't know that I followed on my flying ant and then took a growth capsule to become Giant Man when I reached the train. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. You caught up to a train on an ant? That's a flying ant. Yeah. A flying ant caught up to a train. Okay, sure, Henry. <laughs> Whatever.
0: Well, that the same ants that just dug that miraculous like uh, you know, mountain stack of rocks so that it could flood the ground and attack the Hulk in five seconds, too. You know, ants are just amazing in the Marvel Universe. Are you saying they've been working out? The ants have been working
1: out therefore.
0: <laughs> they've been like that since since he existed. Yeah. Uh
1: yeah, so page fourteen is a classic scene of giant man clumsiness. Like Whenever you think of Giant Man being clumsy, or even whenever he thinks of himself being clumsy later in life, this is the picture that comes to mind. I can't decide. Like, he
0: he seems to think that Giant Man is the coolest thing ever. He loves being Giant Man, but I can't mm-hmm. decide if it's worth it to just be this big target. Right. Because he's not stronger big, than anybody, seems like.
1: Goofy target.
0: Yeah, he's just a big, like, he, I think he would have been more successful as Ant Man, honestly. But.
1: And what does Hulk do that like, confuses Giant Man? He blows flour at them.
0: And then I and guess- i got to shove
1: the flour into the smokestack like this.
0: And then that somehow makes it so I guess he doesn't realize either they're going to hit a tunnel. I guess. Um, all right. So Submariner- Yes. Is a Fantastic Four villain. Mm-hmm. And the last time we saw him, he tried to take over the world. And then not only did that not work, but he lost the faith of his people because he kind of backstabbed them in order to save Sue- from dying, right? If that's how that right. went. So when he came back, all his people had left because they're like – So far, so good. They're like, forget this guy. He cares more about Sue than he does us. And then in the end, he was just kind of like, ah, oh, the Fantastic Four have ruined my crown or something like that, even though it was his own actions that did that kind of. Um, mm-hmm. So now why is he all like hell-bent on the Avengers?
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Never encountered them <laughs> he, before as far as I know. He's
1: He says he's spying on the Hulk. Uh-huh. little does the Hulk realizes every movement is being followed by the Monarch. Um, I'll be waiting for the Hulk when he abandons the ship, but he doesn't say why I've been waiting for you. You should be flattered. Normally the submarine waits for no man. Um, yeah, there's nothing about what he's doing and why or his motivation here.
0: I think he says somewhere that he just hates humans and he wants the Hulk to help him destroy the humans. And I guess Avengers are humans, but, uh, why specifically call them out to beat them down? If you were going to do that, I would think he'd want to do that to the Fantastic Four. But, uh, well. I
1: think he really just wanted the Hulk. Yeah. Um, Bring humanity to its knees. The humans are my sworn enemy. I've lost my birthright. Um, Our first mission shall be to deliver a smashing defeat to the Avengers. I guess that's just going to be his first step in subduing humanity, is to subdue the Avengers.
0: Maybe his idea is, like, if he can help Hulk beat the Avengers, who just, like, attacked him, then maybe the Hulk will endear to him and and keep helping him take over the world maybe i don't know i just made that up but that
1: works i think it works i mean you can you can publish that sure all right he is such a delightfully pompous ass though (laughs) in this issue yeah i mean just like the whole brainless dolt you call me human i am namor prince of atlantis what you dare lay a hand on my royal personage
0: yeah, Namor's the best. I love Namor.
1: Yeah. Even when
0: he's yeah, saying he even when he's sane and a good guy, he talks like that. They really ought to make and, a submariner movie. Oh well.
1: And just at the beginning of the whole Namor thing, he says, so far, everything is working out perfectly. And I'm like, really, Namor? This entire issue so far was your plan? Why why do you even pretend? No one's there no one's listening. Don't front. Don't pretend. <laughs>
0: Maybe he just met the volume on his controller. Is working. <laughs> it's working perfectly.
1: <laughs> so far this Skype recorder is working perfectly. <sighs> That's what he is. Uh, he is Name Namor, Namor Imperious Rex the Podcaster. <laughs> there you go. Hey,
0: that is a great podcast idea. Right. We could Who cover is this. We should cover John the Avengers Byrne. as namer. Or cover Marvel Comics as namer. Ooh. S- you could
1: be Namor and I could be Roger the Watcher. Like, 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 every
0: single one of them would just be bad. Right. Because nobody's as cool as Submariner.
1: And then those ridiculous fools.
0: <laughs> Except issues with Submariner. He'd probably like those.
1: Right. If only Sue could understand what I went through to achieve this. <laughs> She's never going to understand me. Uh,
0: trademark. Okay.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, so... We get another fight. Another fight. Yeah. And this fight is pretty great. Mm -hmm. It's kind of short because we're like in the last two pages of comic, but it is pretty great.
0: Okay. So I don't know if you have anything to say before the whole Hulk lifting the hammer thing, but that part was just like, what? To me, I really liked it. Like uh,
1: Where where Hulk lifted the hammer?
0: Where he's trying to break Thor's grip. I don't know if that's an enchanted thing. But I've never heard of that before. Like, you can't take the hammer out of Thor's hand. Uh Uh-huh. But he tries, and it doesn't work. He can't do it. Both hands. He can't rip. He cannot rip the hammer out of Thor's one hand. And it's not on the ground. It's not an enchantment. It's just I'm not strong enough. I'm twice his size. I'm the Hulk. But I can't do it. I don't know. This is when Thor is Superman and Hulk is just not quite the Hulk yet, I guess.
1: Well, speaking of Hulk, while I was reading this issue, I – his voice in my head kind of changed. Mm-hmm. Like for 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 most of my life, and I was kind of the Whenever Hulk talks, he's like this this monstrous growly voice. And now I'm starting to hear him as like more like a like a deliberate child. Mm. I don't go for all that flowery talk, but <laughs> but but I hate humans too. So uh...
0: <laughs> now we need a Hulk podcast,
1: right? Well, we do. We have a Hulk
0: podcast. Oh well, yeah, that's true. We're very greedy. We have an everything podcast.
1: And I don't know, how do you feel about this this tried and true trope of when the villains team up, they're always like, "I uh, wait till I get my hands on this guy, or <laughs> I want to use this guy until I can't use him anymore.
0: Yeah, I guess that's another thing, like, you know, Baron Strucker cheating. You have to just, you can't have, like, decent bad guys or something.
1: Because we saw this with Trapster and the Wizard, and I just <clears throat> recently reread The Infinity War, and Doom and Kang are like that the entire time.
0: Trapster and the Wizard was funny. Because yeah. uh, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Trapster who was really annoyed with the wizard's, you know, pompous jackassery. But uh, mm-hmm. do you think we're supposed to want Hulk to be a villain in this now that you say that? Because, you know, to us, he's just the Hulk and we know future adventures of the Hulk and he's going to have his own title again. But right now, in this moment, are they trying to just make him a villain because they don't know what to do with him?
1: See, I think they're – I th- I'm going with the statement from Lee that he's an agent of chaos. Okay. That, you know, Submariner is, is manipulating the Hulk into helping him defeat the Avengers because he hates humanity. And Hulk like, yeah, humans kind of suck. So I think I'll do that. I think I'll help you with that. Yeah. And the Avengers were mean to me. So why not? Mm-hmm. I am, am, I'm amused though, because the Hulk and Submariner, they get in their ship and they swim out to the rock of Gibraltar and they land on the rock. And then they call the Avengers on the phone? Yo. Well,
0: Atlantean technology. I guess. I mean, he's got this viewer that can watch the entire issue, too. So.
1: Yeah, the, the next panel, they're on their radio box just getting the message. Okay, I guess that's where they are there.
0: I guess it's easy to contact the Avengers.
1: They have those cards. Yeah. Not yet, though, but yeah, they have them. Okay, Um. the uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Our, uh, panel of page 18, the last panel. Aren't you ever going to grow up, Wasp? Haven't you anything else on your mind? Well, happy day. Do I finally see a glint of green in those big blue eyes of yours? Now, And I love this so much, because remember when we saw them dancing in Tales of Suspense? Uh-huh. I'm pretending like that was their first real romantic moment. Like, yeah, it was. Henry and Jan went out. And now this is like maybe the next day. Ah. And she's being playful, because- He's actually getting jealous That's and he awesome. might even be taking it a little bit personally that Jan is flirting so out loud with Thor and Henry doesn't know how to emotion. So
0: yeah, I like that. Let's go with that. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, that was their, uh, I don't know. They went, to, they went on that. She dragged him out to that jazz club for that one jazz villain, but I don't think that was a date because he didn't really want to go. Right. So tale suspense was like the first time they looked romantical.
1: It's weird, because Hulk was Bruce, and they were together, mm-hmm. and we had never seen either of those things. Yeah, so. <laughs> right?
0: This is weird. Anyway.
1: um, The bottom of page 19, uh-huh. Hulk is like, he thinks I'm just some kind of stooge. But he'll live to regret those words before I'm done. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how the Avengers were talking about you last issue. And you buy Felicia them at the end. Yeah. Oh, well. Um. We were talking about how the wasp is useless, and in this issue, she is ex- explicitly made useless. Like, she flies in to do something, and Hulk's like, schwa, let's knock the wasp down, and almost step on her under Iron Man's boot.
0: Yeah, she gets defeated, and they don't even know it.
1: Yeah, she's like, I'm just going to sit on a giant man's shoulder. I'm not moving till the end of the story, so that's it. And
0: that was like five panels, so it's like, thanks. That was really worth our time. Right. To make her look bad. Anyway, she defeated a cyclops. Before a giant android Cyclops, but she can't take on Hulk, whatever. Yeah. Come on, Stan.
1: It is not not the good thing to be doing. Okay. So we are going to get a big retcon to this issue. Mm. Um, Page 22, page 23. Um, On the second panel of page 22, Thor is in the picture as Giant Man and Namor are tussling. Mm -hmm. And then Giant Man throws Namor and Namor and Iron Man fight. And while Namor and Iron Man are fighting, Namor gets away and on the next page, Thor is in the panel again. During that time when Giant Man and Iron Man were dealing with Namor, Thor went off to a cave and had a big ol' long fight, one-on-one with the Hulkster. What? Yeah. No. We're going to get a Thor-Hulk one-on-one fight that takes place right in the middle of this fight. When? Journey into Mystery 112 it's not that far away cuz what's
0: interesting is in this the hulk saying i'm not going to interfere i want to see if the submariner can even do anything mm-hmm. so he lets him fight them and then in the end he's like submariner's like he beats iron man he beats giant man and he's like Now i'm going to take on thor by myself and that's when hulk steps in and says well, you're an idiot if you think you could do that so well maybe
1: he knows because like they were just fighting had- <laughs> <laughs> they were just funny. If, if you think you can handle Thor alone, you got another thing coming. I'm going to help you out. I guess it works
0: because you're right. Like Thor is just gone. And so is the mm-hmm. Hulk. So it's like just Namor and Giant Man, Namor and, and Iron Man. By the way, how does Iron Man stop his chest from killing himself? Does that ever get resolved? He just like says he's going to go fix it, but he doesn't. It doesn't show us how. Yeah.
1: Must repair chest device. If transistor stops functioning, I'm doomed. And then he's fine.
0: And then he's fine. I guess he just fixed it.
1: Right. Tony Stark built this in a cave. With a box of scraps. <laughs> uh, although he might fix it in the ship after they leave this scene.
0: Well, he's he also defeats Submariner in the end with his transistors, so he must be feeling a little better. I guess. Anyway.
1: Um, page 23, they do a whole thing about Hulk not being able to lift it, kind of, sort of. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You were talking about that. You're right. I just saw my note.
0: Uh, but he's not lifting it off the ground. He's trying to rip it out of his hand.
1: We've said that before in the, in the Thor stories, like you can't only Thor can hold the hammer. So only Thor. Okay. So you it, can't take,
0: is it magical or is it Thor? That's just ridiculously strong.
1: We've said before that is magic keeping anyone from wresting it from Thor.
0: Okay. All right.
1: And, um, okay. Here's like, I said, we're experimenting with Hulk becoming Bruce and Bruce becoming Hulk uh-huh. in this fight. He gets so upset and so stressed That it triggers a change. Which is. And he goes back to human.
0: Which is very backwards from what normally happens when he gets stressed and upset.
1: Right. Except that this is what's happening. This is what the story is going to be at the beginning of his solo series. When it first starts, uh, uh, um, adrenaline stress surge will trigger the change either way. Oh boy.
0: Well, that's awkward for the Hulk.
1: Yeah. Once he's the Hulk, he can't get too excited or he's going to be Bruce Banner again. <laughs> but
0: he needs to be excited or he's not going to be Bruce – or he's not going to be the Hulk.
1: Oh. Well, you know who hasn't written Hulk in a long time? Huh. Stan Lee. Calls him Bob Banner. Uh,
0: Robert Bruce Banner is his name.
1: That, well, that's that's what they come up with later uh-huh. to explain this mistake. Right, right. <laughs> Which but is funny s-
0: because they've made other mistakes that they haven't come up with an explanation for. Right. Right.
1: Uh, it's been so long since he turned into Bruce that Stanley forgot his name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We should have been keeping track of all these name mistakes because it's happened multiple times.
1: And then we have some miraculous magnetism on the end with uh, Iron Man and Submariner. Uh-huh. Well, he, um, he is wearing
0: chainmail underwear. This is true. This is true. So maybe it could work. But anyway. Uh, and, uh, and it ends. And it doesn't say, like, what's going to happen next. Other than No,
1: it really doesn't. Other
0: than awesome... Tales is basically what it promises us.
1: now, And the hype is there. And there's always hype at the end of the issue. This time the hype is kind of real. It says, we promise you that the movie-length tale in Next Issue's Avengers will feature super characters and super surprises to exceed your wildest expectations. But
0: if you were Stan Lee and you knew what Next Issue was going to be, would that be your caption? No. No. No, it really, really wouldn't. No. So I think I think you're right. And they just... Didn't know what they were doing,
1: but that brings us to the end of the Avengers three, which I liked so much more than issue two. Oh yeah, well issue two is a yeah. bad. Issue I mean, was it's okay. a space fan, it's just it's just kind of there. But this was really good.
0: <laughs> well, I gotta say, so far this is the first issue where the Avengers work together as a team against one of their True. old against one of their old teammates, mind you. But still, like before this, like the first issue, they were all separately trying to take on the Hulk. Second issue, they were. All taking on each other because of the space phantom. So, this was like the first time where they kind of got together.
1: And next issue, they're going to get turned into statues. Hmm.
0: And next issue, something will come along to solidify the team and make it the greatest Marvel team of all time. Right.
1: Spoilers. Da-da-da. Yeah. It's like this
0: team is okay, but it just needs something. It needs some sort of leadership or something.
1: Leadership. That is exactly what it needs. Yeah all right well um i think it's time to wrap this puppy up okay shall you tell them where to where to find us we
0: can do that you can find us at make which has all the links you need like the rss feed and links to itunes and google play and we are now on stitcher as of this recording probably for a week or so before that i never heard of stitcher before but someone asked me if we were on stitcher so now we are um I think that helps Android people or something. Uh, You could also play the show uh, on the website itself if you don't feel like downloading it to a phone. And most importantly, you can contact us. You could do that by either using the form on the website or directly emailing us at podcast at makeoursmarvel.com. Where every once in a while, John and I will read your letters and answer your questions or say thank you for correcting us which happens a lot too.
1: (laughs) Yes. So, um, and actually this is episode 39. So there's probably um, a a feedback episode out there. We've been doing them kind of every, every uh, six months. Yeah. Not six months, every three months. Yeah. So
0: there's probably three at this point.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for uh, retweeting. Thank you for sharing Um, I'm going to go through and give some people's thanks next episode. Uh, cause we need to wrap this one up for some other stuff that we have to do. But until Odin loses one of his eyes and the eye grows giant and goes into space and flies around and becomes sentient and finds Thor and tells him stories about the history of the universe for six issues. Until then, Make
0: ours marvel.